Have you ever heard of a sweep? I have heard of a sweep. Yes. This is essentially where a midwife fingers you, right? (laughs) Hi, I'm Matt. I'm a 30-something with a four-year-old stepdaughter and a 24-week pregnant fiancé. And I'm Daniel. I'm a 30-something and I've had kids for a while, ranging from toddlers to teens. Welcome to this week's podcast. I'm Matt, and this is Ramblings of Dadmen. Once again, I'm joined here by Dan. Dan, how are you doing? Very good, Matt. Very good, very good. And this is a big week today because the first episode is live. Yeah, across all different social media platforms. We are on Spotify. We are everywhere where you'd expect to hear a podcast. And the feedback that we've we've had so far has been really, really nice. So thank you, everybody that's send me um you know personal messages saying well done this is really funny this is this is this has been brilliant thank you for everyone that's got in touch whereas i tried explaining to my brother-in-law earlier on that we've launched a podcast and he didn't really understand what a podcast was <laughs> we do also have an instagram as well it's at ramblings of dad men we have are you ready for this 10 followers Woo! <laughs> so that's brilliant but you've got to start somewhere. So thank you all. If you know, if you want to send us any feedback on there, please do messages. If you've got any ideas of of content, please let us know. We also have a Twitter. Oh yes, is, uh, at Ramblings of Dads. Yeah. So uh, we couldn't get past the, the the characters for Twitter. So that's why it's Ramblings for Dads because too many too many words for Twitter. Yeah. But just so you know, if you are listening and you want to give us a follow on any of the platforms, that is actually us. So how's your week been, mate? Good, yeah, yeah. So obviously last week, uh, the start of the week, we were in the Lake District. It was there for a couple of days. So we was out and about, up in the hills, just relaxing, looking at greenery. Celebrating the anniversary, right? Yeah. So last Monday was the anniversary. We celebrated that. We took the kids and the dog. We just had a really good day, to be fair. It was it was nice. It was a long drive going because there was a lot of traffic. Once we got there, we did the, the usual tourist things, stopping on, on all of the mountains to take pictures of hills because in suburban Wigan, we don't have many other than ones that deliver the TV signal. It was good. That's good. Yeah. We've had a really quiet week this week. Florence has been stopping with her grandparents over in Wales so we've had a really quiet week this week. We've not really known what to what to do with each other, to be honest. We are 25 weeks today. I've, I've actually had a message off Becky to tell me that as of this week, you're actually going to be going down into double digits. Yeah. On Thursday, I, it will, you will be down to 99 days. 99 days. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> the, wow. The, the, the official countdown is on that. That kind of brings me up until what i want to talk about at some point but we'll, we'll we'll talk about that later because 99 days seems a long time but i'm i'm fairly confident that will fly by the baby is the size of a cauliflower head today last week it was a burrito today it's a cauliflower head do we eat many cauliflowers have you got any cauliflowers in have you made a point of going to the shop and ordering a cauliflower just so you can lay that on becky's belly to see what it's like i should have done that shouldn't i I tell you what I can do now. I can start feeling the baby of where 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 she is. Obviously, know that I know that 
the bump gets harder but i never realized that the tummy gets softer and harder depending where the baby is and you can really feel it mm. that's something that's really new to me <laughs> and you know that could happen so yeah there's been there's been times where i've i've, I've felt the head in a place or i felt the feet it's just it's just strange it is but it's there's a really warm feeling knowing that you're that close to that person and you know a lot of people do there's things out there people sing to them and you get to know your voice don't know how true it is but they do say that if you play music to the baby whilst they're inside when they come out that same music you know they've sort of grown listening to so we played a lot of michael buble but when they're out if you play that when they're, they're upset that sort of helps soothe them and we did try that by playing michael buble to georgia when she was first born and she was a, you know, a little bit hysterical maybe in coincidence but it did work top tip that's really interesting I mean, why Michael Bublé? Another big thing. She likes quite a few Michael Bublé songs, but specifically because we'd already decided on the name Georgia, and he sings a very good cover of Georgia. Ah, right, okay, that makes sense. Just all tied together perfectly. I was just expecting you to blast out some Slipknot. (laughs) (laughs) Quite have the calming effect, though, would it? You see, now this is this is your opportunity to lead with you know some Foo Fighters or something you've got to pay homage to our youth you've got to have that Johnny Parker yeah there is my hero and if Dave Grohl listens to this yeah I will be very happy if he approves of said music choice that's true I mean Dave is our hero isn't he <laughs> so before I want to start on about what I want to talk about and, and, and ask a question today I I really just want to mention something that's kind of unrelated, to be fair, but I, I feel it's really important for you to know your profile picture on Facebook. I don't know if you've seen your, well, obviously you've seen your profile picture now, but the fish thing, right? Why? Yep. Okay, so there is a bit of a story and it centres around being a dad. Do you know the sexual connotations between the fish? No. So apparently... Having something on there is a plenty of fish reference. So when you're showing the fish, ah. you're showing off your best assets. You're showing your tackle. No, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is why I pissed myself when I swore it. No, I mean, to be fair, it is a solid 9.8 pounder. If that's what I'm showing off, then is, is that I'm the pretty sure Beck will definitely be laughing at the fact that i think it's 9.8 pounds <laughs> so that that's actually a, a new picture so my lad he's gone fishing tonight and he's staying over fishing and doing all that fun stuff so he's out there at the minute he'd i'd gone down just to check on him make sure he's all all good he's got everything he needs and he'd set his rod up and he was walking around the other side of the pond where he's going to be putting his tent up for the night uh, and they were moving pitches uh, as he was there or as I was stood there next to his rod, waiting for him to come back, his rod starts flying off and he's got a little alarm on it, so his alarm starts beeping. He is a solid three minutes run around the other side of the pond back to his rod. So I did the dad thing and grabbed his rod and started reeling this fish in, which point I'd reeled it all the way in when he returned. So I had pulled the fish out and claimed victory. And uh, that is that is actually something that you can get used to as a dad. You can be a dickhead and steal their victories. <laughs> I was walking around the entire complex at that point, offering everybody advice on fishing, 
So bear in mind, I'd just turned up and just been right place, right time. He has actually texted me about 20 minutes ago. He's gone on and caught one seven pound heavier than what I caught. So wow. he's, he's happy now that yeah. he's outfished me. He's beat beer. So I've got to go and delete his FIFA team now while he's nowhere near his PlayStation. Don't worry, mate. In six months' time, he'll be bigger than you. Don't tell him that. <laughs> there's, there's a constant battle. He's he's a solid three to four inches smaller at the minute. And if you ask him, he'll say just an inch. He's got a bad tape measure. Wish I had it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So one of, one of the things I want to talk about this week is that we've just had quite a big delivery from, from the shop today and Flossy starts school in just over a week's time. So that she's really excited about that. So we've had all her school uniform been delivered today, but we've also had quite a lot of baby stuff been delivered today. Quite a few clothes, some swaddles, some sleeping bags. One of the things I genuinely found out today is that you're not meant to use a duvet with a baby anymore right no. so that's a suffocating uh-huh. risk so yeah i didn't know anything about that so we've, now we've got a, a sleeping bag and a swaddle is that something you had to do is yeah so that that was something i learned as well so there's a couple of things uh, that obviously this uh that if you think the baby's cold to use a lot of i forget the term the type of blankets but it's got like holes in it, it looks like it's cross stitched together or knitted and they say sort of layer those up onto the baby but you know, when the very first form, you almost strap them back into that little fetal position with the knees bent and arms pinned to themselves and they feel comfort in that and sleep better. As they get a little bit older, you can buy actual baby sleeping bags. So they, it looks top half like a an apron. So they've got straps that come over the shoulders and fasten. And it's a full-on sleeping bag. It looks like a triangle towards the bottom. And they are really good for your know, babies keeping them warm through winter but yeah no that was something i learned as well you can't just go here's a pillow there's a duvet sort yourself out <laughs> yeah. i'll see you down for breakfast uh, yeah. yeah so so it is the little things that i'm starting to learn now one of the things i wanted to discuss was about getting ready like i guess i feel a little bit underprepared but on the on the back of it we we still have quite a lot of things there's not really much we need to buy what was your planning like? Did you were you meticulous about it and had George's room sorted out there and then, or did, was it a very much a quick thing, or were you sorted six months before? How did you deal with that? Yeah, so we, we true to our, our style and nature, we planned everything out way ahead. Exactly what you just said. We had a room dedicated to the baby. We decorated that well in advance of the baby being born. Pink everywhere. We had the cot. We had a special baby wardrobe. And it wasn't until we got home that we realised that you're actually not going to use that room for six months. Uh, the first sort of minimum three months, you know, typically six months, the baby's going to stay in your room anyway. Not necessarily a travel cot, but they, they sort of, some of them come almost as like an extension to your bed. And it's, it's sort of enclosed and safe for the baby. Or in Moses' basket, you know, you'll keep them in your room for the first three to six months. So we did the room probably three months before Georgia was born, but didn't use it until she was about six months old. You know, not for its intended purpose of her sleeping in there at night. And even those first couple of nights were still, you know, very much on pins. What's your intentions? Are you going to be, have you got a room dedicated for that? Have you you've done the decorations yet? What What's your plans? I mean, we only live in a small house and... Our first intentions was to move house probably 
at the back end of this year. That was that was the original plan. However, that was before we decided we, we found out Becky was pregnant. So we only live in a two bedroom house. It's a terraced house. And we've kind of decided that we're going to delay moving and buying a house probably until mid part of next year. Purely because of that reason about the baby's going to be in our room anyway. We're lucky enough to have a fairly decent sized bedroom so we can easily fit a cot in there. We've got room for the baby to have their own little space. But yeah, so we delayed on that. The the problem we have is that everything's going to be a bit of a squeeze. But I guess no matter where you'd be, it'd be a bit of a squeeze anyway, wouldn't it? In terms of if we had the dream four bedroom house or whatever, the baby would still be in our our room for the next six months anyway. So that would be our our thinking. We have decorated Floss's room to make it a little bit more nicer and a little bit appealing. And, you know, if if worst case scenario, we're here for another 12 months, there's some options that we can have them both in that room. But at the minute, we're still staying positive that by next year we're in a position to to move out well that's what we're we're thinking about doing that's an interesting point that you made there because that was going to be my next question really of have you thought or entertained the idea of them potentially sharing a room you know if you got a house that had two really big bedrooms where they could have two beds side by side is that something that you'd entertain where they would sleep and share the same room? Or do you want them to have their own separate spaces, you know, for the years to come? I think a three bedroom or a four bedroom house would be the preferred option. I think it's important for, you know, Flossie's going to be starting school. Her sharing with a baby might not have the best routine for her in terms of sleeping, maybe. It might not be the best thing for her. So I think a three bedroom is what we're looking for at the minute. The the plan was always to start looking to move at the end of the year, but I'm sure you can imagine moving. <laughs> Becky's going to be heavily, heavily pregnant. That's that's not going to work for anybody. If the worst comes to worst, I, I'm sure it'll be fine for them to share rooms. I'm sure it's not been a problem. Me and my brother shared rooms for the for the longest of times. We we actually shared room on shared a room on two occasions. First in our our first house which we moved out when I was, oh God, I must have been about seven. So there was seven and three, seven and four. So I guess that would be a similar kind of age group. But again, that was only a tiny two-bedroom bungalow. We did have our own bedrooms. And then our surprise little sister came along 11 years later. <laughs> so we were we were forced to share again. Uh, um, let's just say some awkward ages. So I think... We're going to aim for the three, four bedroom house and see where we go from there. I think it's important that they both have their own space, really. No, I agree. I've got a question for you. Just sort of pinged out in my head with one of the comments you made then. Have you thought about the challenges that are going to arise with having sex with a whale-like, heavily pregnant woman? (laughs) Has that that gone through your mind at this point? Becky, I apologise for calling you a whale. Has that gone through your mind at this point? Have you thought about if we do, oh, I might touch the baby's head. I mean, not everyone's man, not every man's blessed like Johnny Sins. It won't happen. But has that gone through your head yet? Are you at that stage? If I'm being absolutely honest, I'd relish the opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) Sex is obviously a really important thing, isn't it? And I think it's something that you have to be both comfortable with and you talk through it before if, if, if Becky's feeling anxious or nervous or she's not feeling up to it in terms of you know she doesn't feel comfortable because the baby's sitting in the wrong position or something like that it's about not forcing 
I mean, forcing is a very strong word. <laughs> maybe that's <laughs> the most inappropriate. That. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the most inappropriate word to be honest. But I, I guess it's it's about being understanding in that situation, isn't it? But uh, no, I, I can imagine why people do have a uh, have feelings. I guess there is always the thing that you don't know if you're going to press them too hard or you're going to. Do you know what I mean? Are you going to put your full body weight on and who's going to be squashing who? It's it's a bit of a mindset when you think about it, isn't it? I think you'd probably adopt the position. <laughs> I don't think you're going to be using traditional positions at that point. Well, maybe not. No, I, I believe that it's doggy style and I believe that it's <laughs> sitting on me, isn't it? <laughs> I love how everyone's families are going to be listening to this and everyone's going to be cringing no more than me and you will be when we find out that they've listened to this podcast. Yeah, but I mean... We've got kids. We can be adult about it now, can't we? No. No, no, we can't. But it is an important conversation as well, because I've never really heard about any man talking about this. And I guess it's something that you do think about. And I think so long as you're not rushing in, you know, you've been to the pub, had five, six pints, and you're just trying to have a, a quick one. That's That's not how it's going to be anymore. You have to be... It has to be planned. You have to be patient. You have to make the effort a little bit, don't you, in terms of, not that I don't anyway, but <laughs> you have to just make the person feel comfortable. I don't know. Did you have similar kind of experiences? What, where I had six pints and then came in and tried it on? No. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I get what you say. Where I'm coming at it from the angle of not necessarily experience, but what angle? gone through that. <laughs> You know, when you are both in the mood, and it has to be, uh, pardon the phrase, a coming together of minds, that you, you know, you've both got to be in the mood, not just one of you. You know, I, when I was speaking to other expectant fathers at the time, some men go through this, not necessarily a fear, but well, I suppose part of it is fear of that, what I was mentioning, that you're going to touch the baby, might hurt your wife, and not wanting to. You know, there's a fear of, of being intimate with your partner all the way through that pregnancy. And some people, you know, take the other angle of not wanting to. It is the only time it is safe to have sex. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, just going just going back a point there, I, I have heard that before where people have, you know, felt scared, felt anxious, felt apprehensive. I think from my point of view, I think it's really important that you have to keep that intimacy up. Not for the strength of relationship, because sex isn't the the be all and end all, but it's fundamentally important because if you don't have sex for 12 months or if you don't have sex for nine months, it's there might be the not so much growing apart, but the whole people may think that, oh, well, he's not attracted to me because I'm pregnant. And I, I just I just feel like the emotive side of the relationship has to you have to really try and not so much work on that. No, I get what you're saying. Back. Yeah. yeah, I get what you're saying. I think at that point it is, and I suppose the, this is the advice bit, is just being vocal, both sides. You know, you you feel how your partner feels, and if you you know you feel you know, not loved or if you feel scared of you know not wanting to do it, as long as you're vocal and you can share that with your partner, then you know be open and honest. That's why we did this podcast to sort of share the little tidbits of advice and and whatnot, and if we can help anybody through that. You know, those little moments, then great. That's my advice for everyone, really, is just be open, honest, speak to each other, and, and everything will be fine. Yeah, 
I think I'm really lucky in that aspect, and I think we really work together because because we can talk to each other in these things that I know that will help Becky relax, and and sometimes that is just talking, not making her feel like pressurized, not making her feel like we have to do anything. I think the whole part of being in a relationship is trusting one in it, one another, and fundamentally that's that's a huge part of what she's going through, and she's going through all these changes. So you have to. You have to be understanding. You have to work through it, if you know what I mean, as well, don't you? Yeah, you do. I mean, that does lead me into something I did want to ask you a question of, because it can happen towards the later stages, and it does lead some men to think that they've potentially done some damage. Something can happen called a show. Have you ever heard of that term before? Do you know what that is? I have not. Please enlighten me. Not one of the things I expected I would be enlightening you on. Uh, <laughs> it, it's it's effectively like a little bit of spotting of blood. It's nothing to be too concerned about. Obviously, if there's a lot of blood, if there's if it looks fresh, definitely don't just listen to me. You know, telling you it's okay. Get it checked out. I would always recommend that. But more often than not, it is something called a show. And that does actually happen throughout pregnancy. Some of the medical people of the world can clarify exactly when and why and, and how, but it, it is a term that the midwives are, you know, they use quite a lot. You know, Beck, my wife, she had that once or twice where it's just little specklings of blood, and it's just called a show. Right, okay. I've honestly never heard of that before, so. Have yeah. you ever heard of a sweep? I have heard of a sweep, yes. This is essentially where a midwife fingers you, right? <laughs> It starts that way, but it's far more vicious. Like so she's sweep, drunk and she doesn't really know what she's doing and she's trying yeah. to... Yeah. So the sweep tends to happen towards the latter end. If it's if things aren't happening as fast or labour isn't coming on, towards the last couple of weeks, things will get scheduled in where you'll get a final appointment to go in to be induced. But leading up to that, you'll probably have a couple of appointments with trained midwives, hopefully, and... They will finger her in a very appropriate medical way where they'll effectively try and stretch the cervix. And it's called a sweep because they sweep the baby's head with the fingers. The whole purpose of that is to sort of loosen the cervix, stretch it out a bit and sort of induce labour. But that, again, can cause shows and all of that other stuff. So that's partly where it's linked. When does that start? Is that coming on to 40 weeks or is that before? Is that... They try and leave it as late as possible. So they'll try and get her to, you know, natural point of labour as close to that as possible. So it might get to 39 weeks. And if she's showing no signs of labour, you know, baby's not showing any signs of moving, she might get them booked in for a sweep. Two or three days later, she might get booked in for another one. Beck had contractions quite heavy and hard and fast from the very beginning. All of the midwives said that that's quite abnormal because it's supposed to come on gradually it's supposed to start off in the beginning a little bit of a tingly sensation and they'll gradually build an increase in intensity and pace whereas when Beck was going into labor into active labor five o'clock at morning she woke up went downstairs because she was getting these pains every five minutes and they were lasting for a couple of minutes that's where you want to be sort of almost that sort of pushing stage or getting onto that point she was quite calm about it, took herself downstairs. We spoke to the midwives and they said, you're probably not having what you think. Have a bath, 
coming to hospital. If he's still experiencing it, it gets any worse. So she had a bath and they were just as, as hard and as frequent. So she went into hospital. They put her on the machines and verified that what she was saying was actually factual and true. But she wasn't classed as in active labour at that point because it's all then to do with how dilated your cervix is. And I think fully dilated is 10 centimetres. She was only like one or two. And at that point, they couldn't admit her into hospital until she was four centimetres. So she had to go and have a bath and have a number of these sweeps, one of which... We called her the matron. She was old school. She was uh, an older midwife. And all of the other midwives that had done the sweeps through the day were very gentle and friendly and, you know, and appreciative that you're a woman, you're in pain, you're going through this process that's hurting. I don't want to cause you any more pain than I need to. The matron did not give a fuck. <laughs> she went in hard. Beck scores my hand like she's never scores it before to that point. She did exactly what she needed to. She was she did a proper sweep. You know, within a couple of hours, she was at the point of getting ready to push and she was moved to the delivery suite. Beck tells me that that was probably the worst thing other than child labour that she experienced. So it sounds like something that Mr. Miyagi is going to teach you, but Becky will not be looking forward to them. And uh, you need to be giving her plenty of love and attention when she's having that done. I'm sure I'll I'll be there helping out. Just going back a little bit, we're, we're a few weeks off that, obviously. We're, we're still 15 weeks off. But you talk about the delivery date and, and stuff like that. Was Georgia, was she early? Was she late? Was she on time? I'm going to say she was uh, late a little bit. Okay. So if she was late, did you do any of like the whole old housewife tales of you, you know, trying to induce labour, hot curry, sex, yeah. speed yeah. bumps. What what yeah. kind of things did you did you all, do? All of the all, not all together. <clears throat> we didn't have a curry whilst having sex on a speed bump. We got told that there were a lot of walking brings that on. We got told that one of those exercise balls, you know, the big ones that me and you once kicked around, <clears throat> yeah. will not say were. Yeah. Um, to bouncing on that so that action of constantly you know just jiggling the baby up and down is going to bring we, it on we have one of those in our living room and becky is probably downstairs bouncing on it to the walking dead as we speak <laughs> <laughs> we tried that we tried hot foods we tried also we heard that so we were told off some of the midwives that walking uh, obviously that constant you know downward pressure gravity basically doing its thing was one of the the big things to sort of bring labour on. So we walked, I would say, at least 10 kilometres a day just to try and make it happen. We tried you know, very hard with that, with other methods that you mentioned, <clears throat> family listening. And none of it seemed to happen. Babies all come when they're ready. I'm a big believer of that. Yeah. I believe, obviously, I wasn't there. Florence was two weeks late and... I know Becky didn't have the best delivery labour last time, I guess. So we've got everything crossed that it's not going to be a similar experience this time. Again, if we can keep her relaxed, that's what we're aiming for. I don't know if it's down to genetics or anything. I was six weeks early, so hopefully we we might be able to find a happy medium between them them two somewhere. (laughs) I think this is probably a bit more chemistry or biology at this point. 
but they do say that you sort of follow your mother's pattern. So if your mother was on time, early, late, with you know her first child, second child, third child, however many children that they've had, you tend to follow that same pattern because most okay. of your DNA and makeup is at least half of that parent. Yeah, that's interesting. So that'd be it'd be worth exploring, you know, how Becky's mum sort of went through her labours, if she had a tough time, if she had an easy time, if she was on time or late. I don't know how I could bring that up as a conversation around the dinner table, to be honest with you. Play this podcast, and when you've done blushing because of the topic of conversation on tonight, <laughs> I've effectively asked for you. <laughs> yeah, I'll just ring you up over there over Sunday lunch, and I'll say, I've, I've got a friend that wants to ask you something. Don't worry, it's for a podcast. <laughs> maybe we could get her on as a special guest. Yeah, yeah, maybe. So I've got a question. Uh, have you ever heard of a baby moon? I haven't. I mean, many, many days or weeks ago or whenever we've, we first had this idea for the podcast, you did mention that. Uh, and we, we definitely did go into it very, very briefly. But no, previous that, to that conversation, I've never heard of a baby moon before. So the idea of a baby moon is a little bit like a honeymoon, but before a baby, where effectively it's it's one last trip one last holiday away for you and the expectant mother uh, before your little bundle of joy arrives where it's just the two of you because from that moment forward you know you're a plus one you are adding another wolf to the wolf pack so alan would say see it's it's something if you haven't heard of it i'm now telling you becky will know that i've told you so expectations have been set (laughs) you will have to book a holiday for just the two of you take philosophy if you want but I think it's probably worth doing maybe two. One with, you know, you, Becky and Flossie as a, a you know, sort of last little party of three holiday. And then one for just you and Becky before the baby arrives. So I think it's worth just having that little bit of time, time to prepare for the next 18 years. The calm before the storm. Is that something that you did? Yeah, we did. I couldn't tell you where we went. My back's going to kill me for not knowing. We did go away. We didn't do anything too extravagant but we went away for a weekend about a week or two before the baby was born i was just going to say at what time was that like 38 weeks 40 weeks because i think where we're at at the minute we wouldn't want to go away too far just yeah. in case labor yeah. starts kicking in it's, it's one of those gambles isn't it i mean you could gamble 34 weeks and have a little matthew appear six weeks early yeah um, i'd probably suggest doing it as soon as the better becky has not paid me for that but she's free this weekend. <laughs> I mean, she must have actually told you that, because I think that's next week is the only weekend we're free for a long time. I mean, you know, pure coincidence. She's not said yeah. anything. I think, I think that's something that we, we, we would be interested in, and I, I would definitely have a look at it. I think it would be nice just to get away, and I think, I think what we'd probably like is just to be in the middle of nowhere, like maybe some, like, maybe something a little bit more comfy than a woodland lodge or something like that but you get the idea you know something quite remote but again that becomes the worry of you don't want to be a million miles from anywhere do you um you can alleviate some of those fears by doing it sooner rather than later yeah then then you get rid of that you've still had the baby moon it is again it's a bit of a gamble sort of leaving it as as close to that time as possible it's just whatever you're comfortable with and obviously the world's a bit of a weird place at the minute anyway yeah, you know, where you can and can't go. So she hasn't paid me 
too much to, to bring this topic up. I tell you something that we have decided between us this year. Through Christmas or last Christmas, we we went to Becky's mum's for the day, but that's also meant that we dropped off at my mum's in the morning, and then we went to see her dad for a couple of days, a few days later. I think what we've decided this year is because we we're going to have a tiny little baby. We've <laughs> effectively cancelling Christmas this year. <laughs> I mean, we're not going to cancel Christmas. We're still going to celebrate it. We're still going to try and see our families. But we've just kind of said polite request this year. Please come and see us. You know, you're more than welcome to come down. We'll make you dinner. But we don't want to be driving around with a a two-week-old. Well, yeah, two-week-old, three-week-old, something like that. You just don't want to – we don't want that added stress this year. No, I get it. I mean, Christmas is one of those fun times of the year anyway with families and sometimes you either you compromise and you have you have one Christmas dinner or you have three Christmas dinners or I've had three Christmas, Christmas dinners. It's that was a good day. <laughs> <laughs> we were fortunate enough uh, at that point that Georgia was born in summertime. Um, and I said we were fortunate. Apparently it's every pregnant woman's worst nightmare. Because no one likes being pregnant when it's really hot. I've heard this before. Yeah, the heat is quite debilitating, isn't it? Yeah, and I feel for for the women. You, know, you can't get a suntan. You waddling around potentially at that point. But yeah, I think for the Christmas, we weren't impacted on that. You know, Georgie was getting on five months old at that point. She was in a solid routine. She slept through. So the first Christmas for us, we weren't presented with that. But I fully appreciate. It. You know, the decision that you're making there because you're going to be blessed with a little bundle of joy around that time of year that's that's christmas enough for you two and we don't i mean we don't want to be dicks about it but becky's probably going to be recovering and she'll be recovering for you know some time <laughs> so <laughs> you know we just we, we just said look you come to us let's try and make this as calm an experience for everybody i think that's what we're going to do this year brilliant I think at that point, that's, that's probably a good enough point to, to sort of let everyone go and stew and recover from the embarrassment of what we've discussed in this episode. I know my kids certainly will be when they hear it. Thanks, everyone, again for listening. Give us a follow on all the socials. We'll put all of the links wherever you can find this, and we'll, uh, we'll see you again next week. You never did tell me your top three positions. <laughs> see you next week, guys. <laughs> 